recording of the band's first full album was completed and pressing and distribution organised. But the release was delayed by an unexpected technical glitch. Who walks in when I walk out? Who gives you that hearty high? Baby, who's that who I'm talking about? You're listening to episode four of the podcast, Who Walks In? The story of the new Harlem jazz band. My name's Bill Morris. I was going to play one of Bach's trumpet voluntaries. And then I thought, why should I? <laughs> he never plays any of mine. <laughs> so we're going to try, uh, I haven't played this for a long time. Uh, we're going to try the Saints go marching in. There's not many of them left. One, two, three. <laughs> Spike Milligan, playing trumpet with the Billy Cotton Big Band in 1964. Spike toured Australia in February 1976 and appeared at the Comedy Theatre in Melbourne. The band were all fans of Spike and, of course, the Goons. We went to see him perform and afterwards got to meet him. Chris Ludwig remembers Spike's response when it was mentioned we played in a band called New Harlem. And he said, well, I used to play in a band called New Harlem. And he invited us to come and play a couple of couple of tunes in the in the interval at his show, and then we talked him into coming to an impromptu party at Ian Smith's place. And I picked him up after the show, and drove him drove him to Smithy's. He had a sit in, and he was just a totally uh, you know he he was Spike Milligan, <laughs> you know he 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 was himself there at the party. English biographer Humphrey Carpenter. In his book, Spike Milligan, writes that Spike played trumpet in a dance band. Billed as Terry Milligan, the wild man of the Harlem Club band. As Chris mentioned, Spike invited the band to play during interval at one of his performances, and the band did so a few days later. By the middle of 1976, the new Harlem album, known as The Mooch According to Joe, was still not available to sell. The first pressing of the record had a technical flaw. Faulty mastering caused the needle to jump and meant the records were not saleable. The band became quite frustrated as the months passed by with no resolution and no product to sell. However, an opportunity arose to participate in another recording project. The Victorian Jazz Club produced a recording called Jazz on a Saturday. 10 Trad Favourites. Released on Astor Records, it included one track each from 10 of the acts of the Jazz Club roster. Track one on the album features New Harlem playing Hoji Seiji. (laughs) 
In October 1976, the band finally had saleable copies of the Mooch album to sell, almost 12 months since the recording had taken place. Although record store distribution and promotion was limited, the album sold around a thousand copies. Most were sold at gigs. Sunday, April 3rd in 1977, the band played at a free concert in the Darling Gardens, Clifton Hill, for the Victorian Jazz Club. Neil Orchard and Cam Crofts couldn't do the gig. Pianist Ron Cook and banjoist Murray Dan filled in for them.
Other bands on the bill included Toad's Crazy Cats, La Vida Jazz Band, Popper Cass's Dixielanders and Tom Baker's San Francisco Jazz Band from Sydney. Smacker Fitzgibbon was a featured guest as part of New Harlem's set. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Before I do the, the next one, which will be the last one, um, Roger Beale be said I could do a commercial here and tell you that starting next Wednesday night, the New Harlem Band will be at my establishment in North Melbourne. Turn it down every Wednesday night. We'll just come in on four bars of G minor. I'll sing it straight in, right? Four bars of G minor. One, two, one, two, three, four. There are blues that you get from loving. There are blues that you get from pain. This was the beginning of a long association with Smacker, Faye and their children at Smacker's Place in North Melbourne. Soon the band moved from playing Wednesdays to be the featured band on Sunday nights. We were treated really well by the Fitzgibbon family. All the band loved playing at Smacker's. Chris Farley and Richard Opat remember those times. Smacker's Place was a marvellous place to work on. Well, we did various gigs at Smacker's Place for functions. One of them was the uh, the launch of Fox Radio in Melbourne. Um, Smacker used to do a floor show into which he dragged not only the band but his own small children. It was a, a Sunday night. It was very well attended. Lots of 
people who were in showbiz used to come along because they were friends and acquaintances of Smacker. People like Barry Humphreys would come along. All sorts of people would come along. And I also remember being very nervous because Smacker had a drummer, Jimmy Beale, who was a very good washboard player and had a circus background. And Smacker used to get Jimmy Beale and me onto the floor to do these washboard things. And Jimmy was so much better than me. I was so nervous. And one of the things he used to do, he would throw his washboard up into the air. When it came down, he would catch it and keep playing, still in time. At the time, I hated him for it. But on reflection, it was just one more terrific experience. And the floor show with Nisha, Mark, Smacker himself, Smacker's mum, Min, it was, it was once again a bit like the Abbey, and it was one of the places to go to in those days. Smacker's good friend, studio operator and record producer Bill Armstrong was interested in producing a record of New Harlem for his Jazz and Jazz record label. On Saturday, August 20, 1977, he set up his recording equipment at Smacker's place. Cam Crofts didn't think it was an ideal time of day to do the recording. Take one of the New Harlem band, jazz band, on the 20th of August, 1977, at 12.07. Oh, take, what? The goons are on. Take. Oh, shit. We'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> We're all freaked out now, mate. You've, you've done it. Boys all right. On the jelly. Let's take one. The news is on shortly. <laughs> the goons. Songs from the sounds that I used to hear when I used to play Folks used to say, sounds a little goofers to me
job, but I just couldn't keep it long. The leader said that I played all the music wrong, so I stepped out with an outfit of my own. I got together a new kind of orchestra, and we all played that same groove as harmony. And I must admit, we made a hit. A groove has been lucky for me. Goofus was a popular song that had been around since the 30s. The Carpenters released a version a year earlier, but it didn't chart well. Eight tracks were recorded at this session. Who's Blue, made famous by King Oliver's band, was another.
following weekend, after recording at Smackers, the band was in Hobart for several performances for the Hobart Jazz Club and another recording session for the ABC. Table identification, this is a recording of the New Harlem Jazz Band recorded in Hobart on Saturday the 27th of August, 77, for future replay. Cut one, Papa Dip.
long after the band's trip to Hobart, Cam Crufts decided to leave the band. His replacement was Murray Dan. Like many of the banjo players in Melbourne, Murray was a graduate of the Victorian Banjo Club. Banjoist Tony Orr and Murray were good friends. I was playing at Popper's Pizza Parlour in the piano and banjo late 60s um, for a few years. I would have met Murray about that time. We had a, a, a friend called Fat Arthur, Arthur Thorley, another banjo player who was a, a real catalyst around the banjo community, kept visiting us all and keeping us up to date with each other. And um, We'd get together for blows at places like the Hobson's Bay Yacht Club. And that's uh, Murray was over that way, of course, so that's how I got to know him. Uh, we started sharing gigs with quite often if I couldn't do a gig with a band I'd um, throw it to him and vice versa so he's a really good friend in that respect Murray went on to play with Popper Cass's Dixielanders and worked with many well-known Australian jazz musicians including Neville Stribling Aid Monsborough and Frank Johnson before joining New Harlem he was a very tasteful player, a beautiful style. He was really good um, in a band situation, and he was a good solo player too. He played plectrum and tenor banjo. He always had a really nice instrument because he had contacts in America and imported a lot of instruments that are still here that he passed on to people. The tracks recorded by Bill Armstrong at Smacker's Place in August were not used for the band's next album. Instead, Bill took the band into the Alan Eaton Studios in October 1977 and produced and engineered an album which contained 14 tracks. Ian sings a beautiful rendition of Remember Me, popularised by Bing Crosby in the 30s. September afternoon I stood with you and listened to a wedding tune And didn't I go with you on your honeymoon Remember me Do you recall a cottage small upon a hill Where every day I had to pay another bill And if I'm not mistaken dear I pay them still Remember me I can see 
that little angel on your knee Can't you see He kinda sorta looks a little bit like me For I'm the boy whose only joy is loving you Who worries till he hurries home when day is through And I'm the one you give your goodnight kisses to out front again, singing Rube Bloom and his Bayou Boys, The Man from the South.
the south. He was a big, big man from the south. He had a big cigar in his mouth, so I could tell that he came from the south. Neil Orchard sings the album's title track, Never Swat a Fly, a song from the 1930s film Just Imagine, recorded by McKinney's Cotton Pickers in the same year and many others in that year and since. Thank you. 
Be careful, don't step on an ant In the middle of a plant He may love you, but he can't The way I do It seems there must have been some form of jinx around the release of a new Harlem record. The launch of Never Swat a Fly was postponed several times due to unexplained delays in the record's production. It was going to be almost 12 months between the recording of the album and its eventual release. You've been listening to episode 4 of Who Walks In? the story of the New Harlem Jazz Band. In the next episode, the band is a big hit at the 1978 Adelaide Jazz Convention. But in 1979, there's a significant change in the front line. Who walks in when I walk out? Who gives you that hearty high? Baby, who's that who I'm talking about? You can learn more about the band and contact us at whowalksin.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. This has been a Wasting Time production. 